Sindhu and I'm Mahana and welcome back to Two Last Brain Cells the podcast. Woo! We're on episode 3 of this which is crazy. Yeah, it's been fun so far. It has been. I've actually enjoyed podcasting, I think. Recording without video is so much less of a hassle. At the same time, there's no distractions like I can't edit in a meme or something. So more to focus on the inarticulate. More pressure. Just more pressure on the actual content, which is fab. This week we're bringing to you another one of our special content <laughs> creations. So yesterday we were having a chat and we were talking about, like trying to think of people in high school whose personalities that, a, a personality that was mature enough to survive in our current like yeah. age. Someone that we would befriend in our current yeah. situation. And as we were talking about that, we realised how difficult it is to actually think of that. And like the fact that neither of us came to mind, like I wouldn't be friends with myself from high school. Um, Yeah. And I know you feel the same way. I think vice versa as well. Like I probably wouldn't be friends with how you were and you probably wouldn't be friends with how I was in high school. Now, yeah. So the question is um, what ways you've grown since high school and in what ways have you regressed? And the way that I thought it would be easiest for us to deconstruct this is by pinning it down to a few adjectives of how we would describe ourselves then and how we describe ourselves now. So do you want to go first? Yeah. So I think the first trait in high school, this is an adjective that I very much tried to grow away from. So the first thing that came to mind was judgmental. And I think it was a very interesting kind of combination of judgmental. I think whilst I would have, you know, either preconceived ideas about someone or I would like judge a book by its cover, but it was like I had judgmental thoughts, but it was kind of weirdly offset with this needing to fit in and be liked. Mm, I think it's. And like, they, yeah, good. Go no. for it. <laughs> no, 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 continue. <laughs> no, I don't know. I need you. I'm, I'm drowning because someone no. threw me a damn lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was going to say that I think it's a really common thing to do where you try to bring people down just a little bit for you to be able to relate. And it's like, I don't feel so good about myself. So let me just take them and notch down. And it's not even about undermining them or being malicious. It's just like in order for your brain to process that you shouldn't feel more shit about yourself. I feel like the easiest way to do that is to pick out something that you can fault. Dude, yes, I think that's exactly it. Like, I'm finding it so hard to use the word judgmental because mm. it was never like, oh, this person is this. Oh, it wasn't like that. It was very much insecurity. It was like a defense mechanism. So I think mm. how you articulated it is spot on. So I think like every time I felt that sense of that threat or that fear or a personal insecurity, I think for a very long time in high school, you were a huge source of that for me, which is great Mm. because I spent all my time with you. Um, What it was is, and it wasn't just you, but it was like mainly you. I think Mm. I had a habit of like my closest friends. I just, I was so insecure. I didn't want to accept my insecurities or try and understand them. I was just more keen to prop myself up, I suppose. Yeah. 
I, but I think that's a very, and I, I, I suppose all of these will be, but very common trait in people who are immature is to try to like bringing them down a little bit and to, to try to palette them. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it went as far as to be malicious. No, because I think it comes back to the fact that my aim was never to lose friends, be disliked. Mm. I wasn't trying to compromise because mm. it would reflect poorly on me and I knew that. Coming onto like that growth, I think it was realizing that I have so many amazing traits to be proud of. And I really do think a turning point for me was my first relationship in school. You learn a lot about yourself. The validation that I got early on from that relationship really made me stop doubting basic things about my appearance, who I was, what I was like, if I was funny enough, if I was pretty enough. Exactly. I think what's really interesting about you is how people started seeing you, like all the things you wanted people to see you as before are things that people started to see you as once you stopped trying to be them. Yeah, exactly. And I I really feel it works out that way with most people. Yeah, but I think that for a lot of people, when you grow, you how you get over your insecurities is you focus on what you do like about yourself and you kind of um, emphasize those, right? For a lot of people, that can mean shifting their strengths and it reveals, you know, new facets of your personality, et cetera, et cetera. Like people would have tried to be funny and quirky and witty and all of that stuff and realized that they can't do that and hated that about themselves. But realize that they were compassionate something I don't know um yeah they would shift into those qualities that and people would really love yeah them for that's that. very true however I don't think that's what happened with you I think that there's a lot of things that you wanted to be in high school and once you stopped trying to be those things you didn't actually shift I mean you gained new skills sure but you didn't actually completely erase all of those things Yeah. And I think a good example of that is like our friendship in its purest form when it was just the two of us, it was funny and it was that friendship was so lovely, but put in a a competitive and, you know, an intense, quite an intense environment. If you don't know how to handle it or if you're not self-assured enough, because I think we knew, I think I knew how fabulous you were. But I don't think I really gave me enough points no, for who I was. The thing. It's impossible to fully appreciate someone else when you haven't even begun to appreciate yourself. Like how can you look past your own insecurities and everything in order to put that aside to be able to appreciate someone else in all their glory kind of thing? And I think we all battled with that though. Like we were never able to – that's why – this is why I constantly bring up making sure that you're falling in love with your friends over and over again and learning about them mm. because you're constantly growing as a person and you're constantly leaving, re- reaching new levels of appreciation and like knowing your flaws, whatever. And so mm. in that process as well, once you've understood yourself in this new stage, isn't it time then to look at the relationships around you and understand those people again? Yeah, you're so right. And there's so many moving parts there not only Mm. have you changed but in that time your friends may have grown they Mm. may have adopted new different yeah it's so true I think it just comes back to we can never truly see ourselves or anyone else as just stagnant boxes Mm. we're not that's something to to appreciate no 100% my my trait that I would use to describe myself is dramatic Um, Mm. and it also links a bit into selfishness. Like I was dramatic because I thought 
it was my world and people were just living in it. We so, sound like cows, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, I really, really, I wouldn't even be able to tolerate that if I encountered that today. And it's probably because I recognize it in my former, you know, past. Actually, you know what? That's a really good point. I would say the qualities that I've written down, I think I hate the most when I see it in somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, this is revolutionary. So I would genuinely hate myself. How people say that thing where when you say someone and you hate something about them, it's because you recognize you sometimes recognize those qualities in parts of yourself that you hated. I think that's all it is. That really is all it is. Like someone was telling me that she, you know, has a really bad relationship with her mom and she one day just realized that it's because her mom reminds her of herself when she was younger. Oh um, my gosh, yeah. And she's tried so hard to change and outgrow those things and now this is just a constant, like, something she can't escape with. It's not like a relationship that she can just dump. It's her mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that was a big one. Just thinking the world revolved around me and that that's why none of my friends' issues really bothered me that much. The only time it would affect me, and not that it's a good thing to let your friends' issues bother you, but at least some understanding of what's going on around you and how it plays into your life is important, right? Yeah. But like the only time it would affect me was if someone was angry with me and I would never apologize for it. I would turn it turn that knife around and stab them with it yeah (laughs) you sound like a damn treat man (laughs) yeah I know like when I started high school as well I got a lot of validation that I didn't get in primary school and that I wasn't used to and so that that kind of attention was really foreign to me and that can always go one of two ways like and I went (laughs) you know self (laughs) from my perspective like I genuinely in high school thought I was the really ugly best friend that's really sad it's sad and it's not true. Like, not true. poor thing. I, you could tell me that a hundred times back then and I wouldn't believe you because exactly. it's what I thought. And here's the thing. Um, Even if you told me that, I don't think it would have bothered me. I think it would have further validated. Like, I'd be like, no, no, you aren't. You gorgie. But like, I might have believed what I was saying, but dare it have threatened my position, I don't think I would have reacted well. I think I would have gone about it in a very drama-filled kind of way. And then what kind of, what what was the change? What was the move to be like, what's happening? What is this? A big thing for me was being held accountable for my actions in a way that I couldn't escape. Like if someone was holding me accountable, the only people that would were really my family. My friends didn't really, you know, pull me up on many things. And I don't think they're to blame for that because I, I, I can see that I was very good at getting myself out of situations because, again, I turn it back on the person. Mm. Yeah, I think the change in that was truly seeing someone that I really had a lot of respect for, and obviously I'm not going to say their name, but yep, yep. Um, I think seeing the amount of hurt I put that person through, I did it on an impulse and I didn't ever think that I would be held accountable bef- for it. But once I was treated with that same disrespect that I gave to that person, it changed was everything so kind. to me. He was so mm. kind to me and unconditionally kind. And that mm. was the most important thing, I think. And I, I've said this to that this person I've said like you know you taught me what it means to respect someone in spite of how they treat you like you don't mm. ever need to stoop to anyone so nice yeah. yeah and that level of compassion at that age is just mind-blowing yeah no but I will say that person is he was 
the one person I think who is well beyond and comes back to your question. Is there anyone that you would be friends with <laughs> back in high school? I think that yep. person is one of the only 100%. people they wise beyond their years. Yeah. And I, it, like, I think it just shocked mm. me that someone could reach that level of selflessness when all I had ever done was think about myself. I think yeah, that was wow. it. Yeah. And I think from then on, I really, really tried. No, I was just going to say, I think with a lot of, like an event like that can cause a very drastic, dramatic, sharp shift. Like it mm. doesn't have to be like a lot of the time we think of change to one's traits as something that it is like, you know, over a long period of time, over like a sustained period of time. Whereas one intense event can definitely like trigger a very sharp shift For sure. in how you are. It doesn't have to be something that's been playing out for a while I don't think Mm. so anyway Mm. and I think it also comes to a point where when you try the same thing over and over again like me throwing my tantrums me having fits of demanding things that I think I deserve when that stops working because as people grow up they're not going to stand for that shit anymore like Mm. they're going to literally tell you to your face to just like leave yeah Um, and I think in order to continue to (laughs) survive and thrive I think I had to adapt I don't even think I knew what I was doing until it had fully formed. And you know this as well. It went to the other extreme where I, two or three years ago, I could over-empathize and I could like, you know, Mm. send myself down a spiral. Yeah. I think every like shift has some teething issues initially. I think there was a period of time where I was kind of disinterested. Like I, I think it, translated into a lack of interest like lack of interest in following up a lack of interest in pushing things just a general lack of interest and I think it's because I'd been overly interested and invested I was almost like exhausted that's Um, so true because you are so you're concentrating so hard on trying to be something trying to not be what you were that you yeah don't strike (laughs) adopt the opposite Yeah. yeah exactly but yeah I think that's that's the big one and how it's kind of grown into, I guess I try it more consciously to be compassionate. Yeah. So another one that when I think about how I would describe myself in high school, this is not the first thing that comes to mind. Basically it's a sense of genuine dedication to anything that I do. When I think about why I lacked genuine, I really did have like, and maybe this is just me talking out of my ass, but like, I really felt like I did have potential but I was unable to channel that into any results. Mm. I really lacked self-motivation in Mm. school. Mm. I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do after school. I didn't even think that there was a world after school. Like I knew there was, but I never really saw myself in it. Mm. (laughs) And unfortunately that not only manifests academically, but it also manifests in terms of your self-development, your growth. If you're not Mm. committed to doing better every single day then you're not going to Mm. do you think it was a conscious effort on your part to improve on that definitely I think it was Canberra that Mm. made me change I think moving to Canberra was huge for me because you know I finished school and I actually felt quite shit Mm. to be honest with you because I like the reality hit home it was like and I think going to Canberra was such a good experience for me because you know I think it revealed a lot to me about how sheltered I was. I would think that that lack of direction or lack of, sorry, self-motivation, et cetera, would change 
perhaps like a little because of your conscious effort, but I thought more so because of the change in environment. There was nothing else to hold yourself up against. Yeah, you know what it is? I didn't even think that that was an issue that I had in high school. Like if you ask me, do you find your lack of motivation something to be worried about? I'd be like, no, I'll figure it out later. Like this, I don't really need to know now, which is probably true. But I think I realized in that first year in Canberra, actually how important that was to me. And I didn't even know it was important to me. Mm. And, you know, for anyone who knew me in Canberra, who's listening to this, I was mute. I wasn't really well known. I used to come back to Sydney all the time, Mm. but I spent a lot of time by myself, which I hadn't done in a long time. And a lot of time, as you say, in an environment where no one knew me. So I was by myself in an environment where no one knew me. You really do get to just breathe and think. I really enjoyed, you know, my coursework. I made a couple of really good friends, sort of breaking out of that cocoon, which was uh, high school. And yeah, I think that was huge for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my other one would be something that I think that I actually miss about myself. I was very, and this was obviously a negative, but if I could take bits of this, I was very overconfident um, Mm -hmm. and I was very impulsive and it wouldn't take me long to decide to do things. I would throw myself into everything. I thought there was nothing that I couldn't do well. But it is um, nice to back yourself. That's an important, I mean, to, I think you, you've articulated it well in the past, to be self-aware but still confident. Mm. And that's the thing. I think I definitely lacked being self-aware. I struggle with being more impulsive. I, I think hundreds of times before I decide to do things, my mom used to tell me this as well when I was younger. Like she used to be like, you have, a, you have a big head. And I used to get so insulted by that. She's probably just trying to bring you back to reality. Yeah. And I really did have a big head. My sister used to tell me all the time, like she'd be like, you have an attitude problem. And it would hurt me that much more because I did. Like, yeah. I think when I was going through my metamorphosis, I really started hearing those things. Like those things came back to me because once you open that gate of what was I not listening to? Once you open Mm. that door and you let one thing in, it's like... You literally opened the floodgates to hell. And that's why I think the first year of uni was really hard for me because I was, there were so many moving parts in my life and I was one of them as well. I couldn't even count on myself. I think that then led to you know, you better not try anything at all. Mm. You're better safe than sorry. Yep. And this is the thing. This is why I went through such a long period where I didn't sing. I didn't, I stopped everything. Cause I was like, if I can't do it well and I can't reach what my expectations of myself are, then I shouldn't be doing it at all. And I still struggle with that like, now and then, but yeah, I think I'm yep. very, a mixture of self-conscious and self-aware for me, it's really hard to separate the two. I have to really stop and think, am I being too critical The solution to the problem of being critical versus being self-aware is to work on your insecurities, which, I mean, seems obvious. Self-awareness is a very objective understanding of yourself being like, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I'm like, this is what I, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think as well, like you said, pinpointing the actual root cause of the problem. And I also think on that, just like an exercise that that anyone can do. And what I find really works is, and this sounds really stupid because it's borrowing from business management, but ask why five times. Mm. If I tell you how I'm feeling right now and you ask me why five times, you'll Mm. figure out the root cause. Well, at least you'll get closer to the root cause Mm. than you would have just trying 
to like loosely tie it to something. Yeah. If I'm alone and I ask myself why five times, I usually get to the same answer. I wonder if you would get to the same answer. You probably would. This is the issue. I think I'd get to that answer three steps in, two more whys, and I think I would have been too self-critical. So maybe that's the trick for me. I'm curious if anyone, like, I'm curious about how people did high school in a time where social media was a part of the high school experience. I'd be so curious to know how that positively Mm. or negatively impacted your experience. Mm. Yeah, good question. If anyone who is in that age group is listening, let us know. Like, that's actually something I've always been interested in because I saw Snapchat seep in in year 12, but I never had it because I had 250 um, megs of data and my dad used to turn it off um yeah I I was on a what do you call it when you prepaid plan (laughs) which actually brings me to a point that I wanted to make and I think we wanted to make this in our last podcast for those who don't know Sindhu has this weird capability this weird ability to I'm really scared as to where this is going like this is so random yeah it is really random and we wanted to introduce this last week when we did the reddit post i think it would be really cool if anonymously we set up some sort of inbox helpline actually sorry about that hate that that that's where that ended up I was like where the hell is this going but on that note not because anyone needs my half a sense but that's not even it at all but I definitely think that that'd be something that would be fun to do um is to answer some of your questions or um concerns queries complaints maybe we'll just start and ask a fam up again (laughs) I'm pretty sure that site got like sued for like (laughs) like defamation that site was so toxic it was so toxic. Oh my God. It was so, like, you literally based your entire self worth off the anonymous questions that people submitted to you. Exactly. I love how that we're revisiting that now. We just pitched that idea and we were like, that site was so toxic. Let's do it again <laughs> seven years later. But positive vibes only, guys. Good vibes only. No one wants to hear that you, you think Jess is a bitch. If you send that, you're going to get blocked. <laughs> yeah. And that was our episode on what ways we've grown since high school and what ways we have maybe regressed. We'd be interested to know your guys' thoughts on this on yourselves if you're old enough to answer. But if you're young enough, happy high school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. But anyway, thanks for listening. And our lines are always open for open chats. Brilliant. 